You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. What we drilled was the third best hole we've ever drilled on the project. So let's put that into context. In Arctic, there's 178 holes. So this is hole number three. And it came in at 19.9 meters. That's 19.9 meters. This is the, in the interval within that hole uh, at 11.76% copper equivalent. Um, so that is a spectacular drill hole. And once again, it just highlights what we're dealing with in Arctic. And, you know, people use these terms world-class and a high grade, and that's what we have here. We have a world-class high grade uh, Arctic deposit. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I am your host, Bill Powers. And in today's show, we will be getting an update from one of our longtime sponsors, Trilogy Metals. Website is TrilogyMetals.com, ticker symbol TMQ on the big boards in Toronto and in New York. Joining me is the president and CEO, Tony Giardini. Tony, welcome back onto the show. You've had a busy 2021 season, and perhaps we could start with your Arctic drill results and what you've been doing on that flagship project in Alaska, please. Well, Bill, thanks uh, for having us back, and I uh, appreciate the introduction. Uh, ticker symbol, the website, you should be doing my job, and we can just swap right here. <laughs> um, look, let, let me tell you a little bit about what we've been doing. We have had a busy year, and we're just starting to get the drill results out. We've only had four holes that we've reported so far. We will be reporting the other ones as they come out. It's been one of those years where, and I'm sure you're um, uh, your audience is well aware of this, that there have been real delays in terms of getting drill results uh, from the labs. And it's just a backup uh, that, that's happened, and whether it's COVID-related, whether it's because um, there's just a lot more drilling happening right now. But we had hoped to have all of our results out, but so far we've only reported four holes. But those four holes have been very exciting. So the first set of drill holes we had were really just reaffirming the high-grade nature of the Arctic deposit. And um, uh, and just to remind your listeners, Arctic is a VMS deposit, so it's polymetallic. It's a copper, zinc, lead, gold, silver deposit. And what we found with the first uh, two drill holes were uh, significant high mineral as we've seen in the past in terms of high grade. But we also saw, when this is where it's promising, that it extends outside of what we would consider the current pit shell. So that gives us hope that we continue to see mineralization outside of the pit and that we'll have a larger resource to work with as we look at the mine development strategy. So that was the first set of drill results. Then the second set uh, came out a couple of days after that. And what was exciting about that was it was pure infill. And uh, what we drilled was the third best hole we've ever drilled on the project. So let's put that into context. In Arctic, there's 178 holes. So this is hole number three. And it came in at 19.9 meters. That's 19.9 meters. This is the, in the interval within that hole uh, at 11.76% copper equivalent. Um, so that is a spectacular drill hole. And once again, it just highlights what we're dealing with in Arctic. And, you know, people use these terms world-class and a high grade, and that's what we have here. We have a world-class high grade uh, Arctic deposit. And so I'm excited about the remaining drill holes that will be coming out with respect to the project. Those are mostly focused on um, 
the uh, infill results at uh, Arctic, but we also did a number of uh, satellite deposits in and around the Arctic area, and we'll be interested in seeing how those come out. And this is part of your uh, partnership, your JV with South 32. We should point out for listeners that aren't aware, uh, could you talk about how well capitalized this joint venture is for exploring this region? Yeah, so we're very fortunate. We have South 32 as a partner. And for um, your listeners and viewers that don't know who South 32 is, they're a large Australian mining company. They were demerged out of BHP. Uh, they invested in Trilogy actually back in 2017 when we entered into an option agreement. And then we formed the JV in 2020. And when we formed the JV in 2020, they contributed $145 million into the JV. We contributed the JV assets, which include the Arctic deposit, Bornate deposit effectively 176,000 hectares of exploration land uh, into the project. And that's what is the 50-50 JV that you are, you are mentioning. So of that $145 million, uh, we're at about $125 million that are left. We hope that that money will last us through to the end of the 2024 year. So that's the money that we have to move forward with continued exploration, to move forward with the permitting of a project and with the engineering of a project to put ourselves in a position to make an investment decision in uh, 2024, hopefully. And that's how we're looking at things. So we're in a really fortunate position that unlike a lot of juniors, we're not in a situation where we need to raise significant capital with respect to uh, financing the JV because we have that $125 million in the JV. Tony, many mining speculators, myself included at times, are impatient. So we analyze a company on a per drill program basis. But when South 32 invested in Trilogy, they're looking at a multi-generational investment when they invested, aren't they? They're looking at the district potential. And they're not just looking at Arctic, but they're looking at Bornite. What's interesting about South 32 when they came into the story in 2016 or thereabouts is that they committed $30 million of exploration spending at the time. And that was spent over a three-year time period, 17, 18, and 19, roughly $10 million a year. It all went into a satellite deposit called Bornite. And so when you look at the valuation of Trilogy and people look at our interest in Arctic, which is you know, significant when you look at the, the upside potential, they, they don't factor in what Bornate is. So South 32, in addition to the $145 million, they invested $30 million in exploration, and they own 11, over 11% of the Trilogy stock. So in total, they've invested ballpark $200 million already into either Trilogy or the Ambler Mining District. So for me, that's a real vote of confidence. That's telling me, and it should tell investors, that we have a significant mining company that has sat there and said, look, we like what we see up there, and we like the potential for growth and the opportunities there, and we're prepared to put our money on the line. And the last thing I'd add with South 32 is that in addition to the investment in the district, um, they also staked additional exploration ground outside of the Ambler Mining District, about 100 miles from where we're located. And that's an area that they're calling Roosevelt. So they did some initial uh, exploration work uh, this past summer, and the plan is to start to drill that. So they're looking at the district potential of not just Arctic and Bornite, but also the area as uh, as a whole. And lastly, just you know, to close the loop on our South 32 friends, is they've just announced uh, the acquisition of a 45% stake in a, company, a project called Serra Gorda. It's located in Chile. Um, they're they're going to be paying about $1.5 billion for that uh, investment, plus there's contingent consideration that could take 
it up to about $2 billion in total um, uh, expenditure. And that, to me, underscores how committed they are to the copper and the green metal space, because this is their first significant copper producing asset within their portfolio. Tony, so you have this partnership that's well-funded, doing exploration and development with South 32, but now you're also engaged in your own projects that are 100% owned by Trilogy. Can you give us an update on the exploration you're doing outside the JV partnership? Right. So as as I mentioned, um, South 32 stake, this area called Roosevelt. So um, on, on, on our basis, what we decided to do is look at historic uh, Alaska information. And given that from a management team point of view, we have a separate management team called Ambler Metals that is now managing the JV. We're in a position to start to look at things a little bit on our own. And what we didn't want to do was really go too far afield from where we have operated in the past. So we stayed within the general areas, and we staked uh, three areas uh, that we thought were promising. And all we've done so far is just done site visits and grabbed some samples, and we're going to be analyzing those samples to make some decisions as to where we want to go. Uh, the cost to do that is very modest uh, so far. Uh, once we look at those samples, we'll start to think about uh, whether we're interested in looking at drill programs down the road, but I would say that that's a ways out right now. But this is just the beginning of us looking at this from a standalone trilogy perspective where we're not working with South 32 as a partner, but it possibly does open the door to bring other partners in if we see something that uh, makes a lot of sense here. And we think that there's tremendous district potential in in addition to uh, the Ambler Mining District, which is our JV with uh, South 32. And this is a first step in Trilogy looking at it on our own and really leveraging off of the people and the skills that we've had and uh, the understanding that we have of a district uh, uh, as a whole. So uh, I would tell investors to stay tuned for more information and uh, we'll, be, we'll be giving uh, some more color as things move forward. That being said, fundamental focus of a company continues to be the Ambler Mining District and the joint venture where we're operating with South 32. Deposits like Arctic, like Bornite, are very, very difficult to find. And we've got a spectacular deposit in Arctic. We think there's tremendous potential with Bornite, and that's going to continue to be our primary focus. And what is the next step for Arctic that you're looking for next year? Yeah, the I would say the big news for us is, uh, in fact, today we're going to be discussing the budget for 2022. So we'll uh, come to hopefully a consensus as to how we see that budget for 2022. Uh, the next big step I see is really committing to the permitting process. So one of the things that we initiated in the latter part of 2021 was a permitting preparedness review where we took an independent consultant to look at our permitting process, which we felt was well advanced, and really determine whether there were any challenges or issues associated with that permitting process. So that review has been completed. We've had some feedback on uh, what if uh, what necessary changes we need to consider. We also looked at the, the uh, tailings associated and the, the, the tailing strategy that we have with respect to Arctic. So we want to make sure that we've looked at both of those issues um, in terms of getting ready to kickstart the permitting process. So there's a few little things that we're going to tighten up. And so our expectation is that uh, sometime in the new year, we'll commence the permitting process for the mine. We see that permitting process taking between 24 and 30 months. That would get us to a point where we're in a position to make an investment decision. So I would say one of the big catalysts for us is going to be 
the uh, permitting process getting kickstarted and demonstrating the commitment that we have to moving the project forward. Secondly, it's continued optimization of a project. So Amblin Metals is continuing to look at the project. You know, before um, the call started, you and I talked a little bit about just the state of uh, the capital uh, uh, market side. And we know that, you know, costs are going up. And so what we want to obviously redo is or reassess is what the capital is associated with the project. Right now, our cumulative capital was just over a billion dollars, which included about $900 million for the um, processing plant and the operations plus the sustaining capital going forward. So we want to revisit that. So our our team's going to be looking at that. We're also going to be looking at the the size of a pit and uh, determine the, how that sort of plays within the information that we're, we're gathering. So we see that as being part of the, the catalyst. And then the the uh, remainder of the drill results that will be coming out will be uh, a key focus. Uh, lastly, we're thinking about the 2022 exploration program. So we just had people go up to uh, Alaska to review uh, the core and really discuss the strategy what we see in the district overall in terms of uh, next steps. And and lastly, uh, we're probably going to be updating uh, the Bornite resources. It's something that's going to happen on a trilogy basis. So we'll be coming out with some information in uh, the new year with respect to Bornite. And, you know, for um, your listeners, for people that are viewing uh, the discussion today, uh, Bornite is a a large uh, copper cobalt uh, deposit. It's roughly 185 million tons, an average grade of 1.6%. It represents 125 million, 120 million tons of open pit uh, at about 1%, and then roughly 60, 65 million tons at uh, approximately 3% copper. So we're looking at that resource, and there was drilling done uh, in prior years that have, hasn't, haven't been incorporated in the resource, so we want to update that information, and we'll, we'll, we'll come to markets uh, with respect to that. Um, you know, Bill, I would just point out there's a real dearth of these type of quality deposits out there. Whether you're a gold investor and you just saw the transaction that happened with Great Bear Resources, where you know a significant premium was paid on an asset that doesn't even have a resource, and here we are having a significant resource at uh, Arctic with a similar uh, opportunity at Bornite. So we think we're in a very strong position in terms of not just advancing Arctic, but thinking about how Bornite could advance at some point in the future as well. Could you comment before you leave, Tony, on your share price action? Is this just a story that you got to get on the ship now before it takes off, in your view? Is that what we're looking at? You know, the share price has bounced around. Uh, we're, you know, disappointed in obviously the price action. Um, we trade mostly out of New York. There's not a lot of volume out of Toronto. And I, I think it's just a bit of a risk-off trade right now where people are looking at their portfolios and they're looking at uh, risk associated with projects. And and we're seeing people um, rotate out of the story. Maybe they're looking at development uh, companies more than they're looking at uh, uh, or uh, uh, operating companies as opposed to development companies. We're we're fine in terms of where the share price is. Our focus is on how we're going to generate value longer term for shareholders. I think the drill results speak for themselves. And um, it won't surprise me as people start to look under the hood and see the JV with so 32 the commitment that they've made, uh, the size and scale of Arctic and the potential for Bornite, the, the quality of the Arctic deposit in terms of the high grades and the strong financial position that we're at in the Ambler Mining District, that uh, we get that recognition within the share price. Um, you know, I've continued to increase my position personally, and I expect to uh, be doing that also uh, as we go into the new year. 
uh, we're you know very excited about uh, the project and the opportunities, and we recognize that there is a scarcity value with these high-grade uh, uh, polymetallic deposits uh, like Arctic and also high-grade deposits uh, like copper. And uh, it's a great story, uh, not just from a copper perspective, but other metals as well. Website again is TrilogyMetals.com. Ticker symbol is TMQ. Go ahead and over to that website to sign up for the email list as well as to learn more about the company. Uh, don't just do it because they're a show sponsor, but uh, people more respected than me on this show, Rick Rule and Joe Mazumdar have uh, said on this show that they're shareholders and that they have recommended that stock to others. So it's a great copper story. And to learn more, go to TrilogyMetals.com. Tony, thank you for the update today. Well, Bill, once again, I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, thanks uh, for having me on the show. Uh, look for the, uh, forward to future updates as well. Take care and best of the holiday season to you and to your family. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts it might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well, or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.